time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Thrivology Podcast, the podcast designed to help you thrive in life no matter what life is throwing your way, and life keeps throwing stuff our way which is kind of the point of today's conversation. You know, it's real easy to talk about all the problems we have in our world and how we have so many issues that are haunting our existence. And so what if we look at the other end? What if we looked at what was heaven on earth about? Well, my guest, Martin Root, is a dynamic international speaker. He's also a consultant and is president of Livelihood, which is a management consulting firm. But more than that, he has consulted with some pretty impressive list of people. He also is the best-selling author, co-author of the New York Times business bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work, which has sold 1.1 million copies. Over these times, these past years, he's began to have another idea about what's a better way of looking at where we are, about what's going on around us, and how can we make some shifts in different avenues of our life, like relationships and in our own life and in our own community, even in the nation and the world, about how to make things better, how to bring heaven into earth. How do we make it so that it's heaven on earth? In fact, that's his latest project, Project Heaven on Earth. That's what we're going to be talking about today. We talk about what that means. I mean, how do you even think about that? We talk about what it means for me. Uh, he asked me his three central questions, and we explore what that means, not just for me, but for everyone, about how other people can think about that and how it becomes a simple process to begin moving forward, and also about the process of dialogue, of why that's so important, not to get into debates, but to find a place of true conversation and true understanding. That's our conversation. I'm sure you'll enjoy it as I have a chance to talk with Martin Root. Martin, thank you for being here. I'm really excited to talk about this because your topic of, of heaven on earth is just so important for us in such uh, chaotic times. So thank you for being here. I always like to start with how people got to here. So can you tell us a little bit about how, how you got to this place? Thank you, Lee. Pleasure to be with you. Uh, so I'm a management consultant. I have worked with very large companies, uh, Mary and Merrill Dow, Consumer Pharmaceuticals, Sony Pictures, Apple Computer, uh, Southern California Edison. I've spoken on vision four times at the Harvard Business School. Uh, I'm co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, a New York Times uh, business bestseller with over 1.1 million copies. And my work has been with individuals and corporations looking at their vision. So several years, well, <laughs> more than several years ago, but 25 years ago now, I was going to do a talk on spirituality and work. And my thought was, if every business in the world is spiritual, is that what you want? And I thought, no, if we could transform business by having business be spiritual, whatever that is for the moment, if we could transform business by having business be spiritual, we could transform the world. And then this thought popped into my head, oh, you mean have it on earth. And I thought, oh, you can't say that. You can't say heaven on earth. And I thought, oh, wait a minute, why not? I can talk to you about hell on earth, can I? That's a permissible conversation. And so, exactly, <laughs> it seems so stupid to me that I could talk to you about things that don't work, but I couldn't talk to you about your vision. So I began this inquiry. 
And the inquiry was, what's heaven on earth? And, and I, I didn't come, Lee, from a particular perspective called, this is heaven on earth and I know what it is and you don't. And I'm going to you know, proselytize and shove this down your throat. No, I wanted to find out what this territory called heaven on earth was. And so I just began this inquiry and I went to hundreds of people and I said, what's heaven on earth? What's heaven on earth? What's heaven on earth? And it, the, the territory began to be laid out very, very clearly in the sense that I kept seeing over and over again, consistent patterns in people's answers. And I developed three very fundamental questions which help people get into what heaven on earth is for them. So with your permission, I'd like to ask you. And, and as I'm, uh, so is that all right if we ask yeah, you? Before before we do that, yes, sure. I, 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 I certainly wanted to, but I just, I find it interesting. You and I were talking about the fact that in corporate life, you were about dialogue uh, rather than yeah. debate. And yep. it, it just occurs to me that that's exactly what you're talking about. And in instead in of coming in and saying, this is it, you're asking the question, you're dialoguing, what is heaven on earth for each person? Uh, as a way of people looking at how they might activate that more in their life, which that, that's precisely it. Activate. I've never, I, I've never heard that word in, in, in terms of this arena, but that's precisely the word, Lee. I believe that you know what heaven on earth is, and my job, if you're willing, is to evoke it from you. And again, if you're willing to have you engage in that, I, I am. I, I will tell you a little stage fright. Uh, I looked at your website. I'm like, oh my gosh. Heaven on earth, what would that be for me? Not knowing that, you know, we, we might have this conversation, knowing we were going to have a conversation, but I was going, what would I say? So let's let's jump in. Let me hold your hand and we'll go through this very <laughs> simply right. and very easily and you'll see why and how. So question one, recall it. And, and I'd like the people who are listening to this and watching to also answer the question. Question one, recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth. What was going on? Recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth. What was going on? So my answer, I'm going to give you the first one I came yeah, to. Um, and, and then I'll tell you, I, I debated myself on what I would answer because I was like, oh, that doesn't sound like that's the right answer. But I'm going to go with the first answer because that seems more logical. So a couple of years ago, um, we every summer, almost every summer, go back to the same kind of beach area. And one of my favorite things to do was paddleboard. And so there's a waterway behind uh, this area. And so it's the inland waterway. Um, and there's a lot of marshland back there. And not a whole lot of people go back there because it's fairly shallow. So at high tide, some uh, very um, low hold boats can go back there and fish. But for the most part, it's me, a couple of kayakers, and that's it. And so many times when I'm back there, I leave early in the morning before the family's up and paddle out. And uh, it's just me. Um, so, you know, by admission, I'm an introvert. So just me is I'm okay. <laughs> it's not a bad place for me. It's already, we're already at least a purgatory. <laughs> we might not have made it to heaven, but we're good there. And so uh, I paddled out that day. Um, and I remember it was just a beautiful day. And so I'm, I'm out there, I'm by myself and there's this big uh, open area where the birds are, you know, um, landing when it's shallow enough for there to be some land showing, uh, reeds all around me, green reeds all around. Uh, I could see fish uh, underneath that day. I remember lots of skates were underneath me. So I'd go by and I'd see a skate, you know, and stingrays kind of flitting by. And there was this moment, which is, and already I was like, really good day. Uh, I've got uh, uh, some reggae tunes playing on my uh, waterproof headset. So, uh, you know, 
kind of a good day for paddle. But this particular day, I'm watching the waves that are kind of lapping in from um, the the ocean and the waves that are kind of going back out from the, the waterway. And, and so it's just this cross pattern. And, you know, I'm just sitting there looking at it going, wow, everything's a wave. You know, every everything I'm seeing is a wave. And, and then I began to think a little, you know, everything really is a wave. I mean, the light, the wave of the light. And and it was one of those moments when, um, you know, there's a transcendent moment of going, you're connected to everything and everything's connected to me. And so I just remember just standing there and looking at the waves and almost hypnotized by the waves coming in and just kind of caught up in this moment of connection with, uh, with my life, with the universe, with and, you know, wave of time and, and just all of the places where waves are in our lives and how we're all connected in that wave. Uh, for me, that was, that was the moment of, of heaven on earth. Very clear. I was there with you. Very clear. So I see it. I feel it. <clears throat> so second question, imagine you have a magic wand and with this wand, you can have heaven on earth. What's heaven on earth for you? Imagine you have a magic wand. Yeah. And with it, you can have heaven on earth. What's heaven on earth? Yeah, so um, the elements, as I think about that day, one is that really that feeling of of interconnectedness that I'm a part of everything and everything's a part of me. Um, so that would be a definitely a piece of, of an of awareness of the connection. Um, you know, these days I'm more aware of the disconnections that we have from each other, and so that moment of connection uh, of being one would be one one of those touches of the magic wand. Um, I think another is I was in a natural place. You know, that's where I find divinity. Um, when I'm in nature, uh, I feel the um, the overwhelming presence in, in nature, not usually anything man-made. And so that sense of the divine, the sense of something bigger than me um, would be another uh, piece of that. Um, uh, and the fact that I was not in that moment so lost in trying to analyze or figure anything out, but just in the experience, in that moment, uh, it's kind of seared in that I was present on the board, on the water, surrounded by beauty, uh, connected. Very clearly, very clear. Third question, what simple, easy, concrete step will you take in the next 24 hours to have more of that? Um, that's, that's a tough one. Um, because obviously that was a serendipity, but I'm aware just of those elements I told you of, um, that, uh, looking for the connection. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, any debates I've gotten stuck on, you know, in the past, let's say week of politics or anything else was not about connection. Uh, it was yes. about differences. And so I think, I think probably a big concrete thing is to, um, to focus on the connection with 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 all of us, um, that we are all more connected than not, rather than getting caught up in the disconnections that um, surround us these days. Very clear. <clears throat> Let me go through the three questions and thank you for your honesty and, and authenticity. So question one, recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth and you went into great depth about that beautiful paddleboard experience in the, I think you call it the inland waterway, the birds, the connection, the one, what you didn't do and what nobody does is ask me, Martin, what do you mean by heaven on earth? I never said what it was. Mm -hmm. I just asked you the question, recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth and you did what 
99.9% of the people do, which is you just answer the question. But how can you answer the question without knowing internally, inherently what it is? It's what I call the already knowing that's present within you. Within you. Because you, co- you, you connect with that. And in that connection, you're able to speak, oh, the time when I, and then you fill in the blank. Mm. The second question, here's the magic wand. And with it, you can have heaven on earth. The reason for the structure of that question, Lee, is to remove the necessity for having to know how you're going to do it. And if you don't have to know how, you went very beautifully into one being and the divine. Those are your three deeply held values about what heaven on earth for you is and what you'd like to see more of those values uh, in our world. And then the third, you know, okay, we've, we've got you on heaven on earth. Now, I don't want to leave you there. I want to actually have you engage and the, the, the language in the question is very important and precise. What simple, easy, concrete steps will you take in the next 24 hours? So that gets your mind going, oh, it's got to be simple. Okay, it's got to mm-hmm. be easy. Well, I, I know I can connect with people rather than get into debate. And so all of a sudden, this um, ethereal heaven on earth, I have no idea what it means, becomes anchored because you've had the experience at least once in your life, becomes anchored because with a magic wand question, you now know what it is, and I've given you permission to speak that language. And then the third question gets you engaged by the simple action. The simple simplicity, the, the word simple is very important because it has to be simple by your definition, and then you'll engage. Now, um, this is a project for you. And I'm curious that when we have a project, it's because we're trying to accomplish something <laughs> you're trying to get so what is your hope for people who think about their their own place of heaven on earth what what's the outcome the outcome in the bigger sense is i want people to engage in co-creating the new story of what it means to be a human and what it means to be humanity the world is in turmoil we have a pandemic global we have the environmental issue global we have the threat of nuclear war God forbid, global. These are existential crises, which makes it easier for people to say, okay, that's not the kind of world I want. Okay, well, here's a magic wand. What kind of world do you want to have? What kind of world is heaven on earth for you? All of a sudden they have permission for their soul, their divine essence to speak about the kind of world they want. And then they get into action about it. That changes the story. The way you change a story is by changing the story, but you have to have a name for it first. So my uh, contribution to that is Project Heaven Earth. And let me let me just show you something because this is the book, and I want you to read the title, please. Project Heaven on Earth. You go on down a little bit so I can. No, I, that's all I want that's you to. Oh, okay. Project okay, now, Heaven on Earth. Now there's another title embedded in the same title. Do you see it? Project Heaven on Earth. Oh, interesting. So project is a verb, is a noun, as you as you picked up, you know, this we're working on this project together, but it's also a verb to project heaven on earth mm-hmm. as, as in terms of being. So that's the bigger game. And it's giving people permission to say, okay, I do know the kind of world I want, and let's get going on this. Yes, kind of interesting. I, I was thinking about my last answer. Um, so yesterday I, I found myself, I, I made a simple statement. It was a, a Facebook post that someone had made and somebody had posted some, let, in my opinion, misinformation. And so I did my, you know, my duty <laughs> to correct their misinformation. 
which led to a back and forth exchange that lasted um, off and on. I mean, we were, you know, I'd post and I'm going to do something and I get a notification you know, that they responded. What does that notification do? It pulls me right back into the debate that we're in, the division that we're in. And I finally at the end said, we're not going to agree. So we need to end the, the conversation. I should have ended the conversation or changed the conversation based on what I see as, you know, kind of creating heaven on earth long before I did. And the fact is that simple question gives me um, a reason uh, to not engage in that or at least engage differently. Yes, 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 yes. We're, we're, in essence, what we're doing is we're moving in from debate, which is I'm right, you're wrong for both of us, to dialogue, which is I hear you. And let's see what the commonality is. Let's, you know, let's see where the Venn diagram crosses that mm. spot, that magic spot in the middle. So I'm, I'm called by the, when I've talked to couples many times. I told you before, I, I, I work with a number of couples and one of the things that I, I tell them, you know, they, they often come to me for communication help. You know, they want communication skills and I sit there and listen to them and, you know, 20 minutes in, I'm going, okay, I've got to just stop y'all. I've understood every single word you said to me, you've communicated with me very well. There's not a communication problem. There is a perception problem. You know, you're, you're not connecting with each other. And I always tell them that my definition of an argument is kind of like your debate is two different people with two different opinions, trying to convince the other of their opinion. And, you know, you've got two people who are dug in that doesn't seem to be much heaven on earth for sure. And so what does dialogue look like then? If, if, if we're used to debating, what would it, if we pivoted to dialogue, what would that be like? Well, let, before I answer that, let me look more at debate. So the, the ground of being of debate, I know I just said it, but it bears repeating, is I'm right, you're wrong. Both of us playing that same game. And no matter how much I play that game, the only thing I can get out of it is being right. Mm-hmm. And as an old teacher of mine used to say, being right is the booby prize mm-hmm. because we're not create, co-creating. Dialogue is, I'm, actually, I did a talk on this last week about what's heaven on earth for relationships. Dialogue is, I listen deeply to what you say. I feed back what I heard. So you get that I get it, or if there's mistakes, I'm corrected. And then we flip and you get to speak. And I listen very deeply to what you say. And I reflect back what I hear. So that eventually we come to this meeting of, yes, he may not agree with me, but I do hear that he hears me. And that forms a basis of trust, of uh, there's a foundation to then move forward. And so I find when, when uh, I, I used to attend, there's a group in, in the U.S. called National Coalition of Dialogue and Deliberation, brilliant, NCDD. They had a conference one, and there's tons of different kinds of dialogue and deliberation tech, uh, human technologies. One of the guys, uh, it's called the Transpartisan Alliance. This was a, uh, a guy who ran for the Republican Party in Georgia, very right wing, very conservative. And in his uh, run, he came up against his Democratic opponent. And it was bang, 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 bang. And he just saw how that was not getting anywhere was not getting there. So he created this group and listen to the name. I think it's brilliant. The trans partisan above partisan. Mm-hmm. 
And he had on the stage when he was speaking, he had three, as I recall, three conservative Republicans and three uh, very left-leaning Democrats. And you could hear in their speaking how they had listened to each other so deeply previously. And there was a sense of respect there that was evident. I, I, I was talking to my wife about this the other day. When, I, when we go to Britain, there's, there's this respect for each other, even though we disagree with it. It's wonderful. It's just wonderful. So especially in the U.S. today, I think dialogue and deliberation uh, and notice the second part, it's not only dialogue, it's dialogue and deliberation. Mm-hmm. We deliberate together. Um, so one of the sections in the book very clearly is about heaven on earth for relationships. Very so, clearly. I'm just interested. I'm just thinking about this, the the uh, conversation of the partisan or the transpartisan, as opposed to being nonpartisan, which yeah. – is not likely to really be the case and or bipartisan, which basically means we're both bringing our own you know, conversation to it. But transpartisan is let's get beyond that piece. You know, that's Lee. I never thought of the progression from nonpartisan to bipartisan to transpartisan. I mean, you've just given me a great gift to say it that way. Right. Yeah. Then, you, then people can hear the progression. But yeah, it's, so that it's not leaving your your party behind, um, but it's trying to get beyond it, which I, I find to be yeah, it's the same kind of thing. When I talk with uh, couples, you know, I talk about the need we all have to be understood. Yeah, and what we um, we struggle with is when we're hearing somebody else, we don't want to agree, and the difference between agreement and understanding is substantial. I can understand where someone's coming from, and many times, I mean, if if I'm in a conversation with somebody and they get, we get to the point where they say, "Okay, I understand what you're saying. That's all I need." When they shut me down at "You're wrong," let me tell you why. You know, then because they're afraid of agreement, and I'm not even about agreement. I was just let's just have this place where we understand each other and that sounds like that's what dialogue you're you're having it's it's not um let's get on the same page it's let's get to the place where we understand the page you're on and out of that can come a creative idea that both of us win that we can not know without the dialogue i mean i've done this i've told you tons and tons of dialogue you cannot know the creative space that could emerge so that both sides see it as a win until you're in the dialogue itself. Yeah, yeah so, so the, I call that third option. I wonder, you know, if I, I may not be the only person, but I always talk about the third option, my option, your option, a third option, um, or this way, that way, or, you know, an option that is kind of in that midpoint. Um, and that sounds like what you're, the creative part is finding a third option um, in and and even in your corporate work, that that sounds like that's one of the pieces they were trying to get to was what is that third option? What yeah, what is a way of doing it so both sides uh, feel not think but feel mm. that it's a win? And and so the book, the rest of the book, it begins with the three questions, but then it goes into different what I call gateways. So one gateway, clearly, we've just been speaking about is relationships to move from a hell on earth relationship to a heaven on earth relationship. Mm. Other gateway can be internal. You know, how do I create more heaven on earth within within me? Uh, another gate, how do I live? Uh, uh, how do I express a value globally, which is clearly very important to you? How do I end a suffering? For some people, heaven on earth is the end of hunger, the end of war, the end of illiteracy. Uh, how do I make an institution, especially, for example, in the U.S. now, how do we make the institution of government be an actor for 
co-creating heaven on earth. I mean, at first thought, it's like, oh my God, that's impossible. Well, it's impossible if you look at it from current condition. It's not possible for, if you look at it from what does your heart and soul want. Um, how, another gateway, how do I make my, my nation a heaven on earth nation? And another, the final one is that this really is heaven on earth, but the belief that it's not is what keeps us from experiencing it. Hmm. So those, the book goes into, it, it's really a, a blueprint for heaven on earth. So we go into each of these gateways with the intention that you'll find one or more gateways that is your gateway so that you can come up with your own heaven on earth project and be a contributor of that to the world. So I'm, I'm curious um, about that last piece that it already is heaven on earth. Um, we just keep seeing the hell, I guess, is the, yeah. Well, the belief is that it's not. So let's, can you explore that a little bit? Tell me what, what that sure. means for you. Yeah, that's a very profound belief. I've been actually writing a little bit more about it recently. For me, um, I, uh, so I'm Jewish and I, and I phoned a rabbi and I said, did, did we collectively humanity ever experience heaven on earth? And the answer is yes, Adam and Eve, that was all of humanity. It was heaven on earth, it was paradise in the garden. Don't eat from that tree, they ate, they're out. And so then I said, okay, when, when they got kicked out, was it just Adam and Eve who got kicked out or was it the continuation of humanity? And he said, I don't know. Uh, no, 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 he didn't know actually. He said, no, in Hebrew, the word is ha-adam, the Adam, the, the indefinite article implying the collective. So he said, yes, humanity was kicked out, fine. Then, the, Lee, this, this thought popped into my mind. Does it say anywhere in the Torah, the Hebrew Bible, that after we got kicked out, we can't go back in? And he said, well, I don't know. No one's ever asked that before. <laughs> so traditional rabbi, rabbinic response. So he goes, well, let me think about it. He said, he comes back the next day and he goes, it does not say we can't go back in. I, I, I can still remember, I, I thought I was going to fall off my chair. So I went to the to the Bible, and I looked at the Hebrew words, Genesis 3, 24, 20, 3, 23, and 3, 24. I'm not a biblical scholar by any chance, but I know those two. And the two verbs, one is God sent them out, which is not a one-way verb. And the other one was God sent them out, another verb, uh, with a mission. And I'm suggesting that that mission is reestablishing heaven here on earth to turn the rest of the world into the garden. Um, and, and in Christianity, Christ is the way, clearly. And in Islam, um, Islam was interesting because in Islam, you die and go to paradise. But in Sufism, which is the mystical branch, if you have an egoic death, you can experience paradise here on earth. So that belief that we were kicked out and we can't go back in is, for my research, not accurate. And if it informs the majority of humanity, because 55%, I think, of humanity uh, belongs to the three Abrahamic religions. So what they think influences to a great deal the, the culture, the Western culture of uh, humanity. That belief in my research is not accurate. And that's, that was stunning to me. And if it's not accurate, sorry, if it is accurate, then yes, you and I can have a lovely time. We can go for dinner, whatever. But ultimately, we can't have heaven on earth. No, it's impossible. But if it's not accurate, then it is a possibility. And actually, it's more than a possibility. I'm saying it's our duty, if you, if you choose, to begin to co-create that here and now. 
Yeah, I'm struck by that, the, the, the moment of being kicked out of the garden, because there was no responsibility to be in the garden, right? I mean, they're, they're, that's just where they are. Um, you know, Adam and Eve are placed there. Um, so if you're kicked out and you have to bring heaven back, uh, to use Jack Canfield's uh, wording, uh, we are response-able. We're <laughs> responsible. Right. We have the ability to respond differently. And that um, is interesting because you're right. It suddenly puts some uh, impetus on us to consider what it is that would bring that back for us and which avenues, what what directions that would take. Um, do you, I mean, do you have... Yeah, no, can I give you some examples? Absolutely. So I'll start from the very simple to the most incredible. One woman in uh, Hawaii has put her definition of heaven on earth at the end of every email. And she also asks the second question, imagine you have a magic wand, what's heaven on earth for you? This is what it is for me. Simple, done. A police officer in Texas has created a 16 page manual called heaven on earth for law enforcement. Wow. A uh, real estate agent has uh, her issue, her suffering in the world that she hated, would just, she went white when she talked about it, was homelessness. What can you do about it? She created a program called a home for everyone, where every agent in her agency agreed voluntarily to donate $100 off every commission check to create this fund called a home for everyone. People from the community, individuals, organizations apply, and they've raised, last I spoke to her, over $400,000. Wow. We move up to a woman in Austria um, who, when I was doing a webinar in Heaven on Earth once said, well, my project, Martin, because I asked people, so what's your project? She said, well, Austria is a Heaven on Earth uh, nation. And I went, what? <laughs> Where did you get that from? And she said, well, because it's simple, Martin. She was the one who taught me about the, the power of the word simple, because I don't know what simple is for you. And then the one most recent that it just is astounding is a man from Gabon, Africa, who is bilingual, French, English, uh, is now living in Montreal, Canada. I did a, a webinar for a group that he was in in Canada. And he said, you know, Martin, I've always had a longing to do something from my continent, not my country, my continent of Africa. And so we came up with the idea, Africa, a heaven on earth continent. Hmm. He's launched a Facebook page. He's going to do something June 26th called, every year called uh, Africa Day. Uh, we just did a one hour webinar we're putting this new story, Africa, a heaven on earth continent into the world. So Lee, the, 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 the range of ideas that people come up with, the creativity is astounding. And something that just continues to astound me because they come up with these ideas that are unique to them. When I give them the context, heaven on earth. What strikes me is the, um, just the impact of saying what your heaven on earth is. Yeah. I mean, I could feel a physical shift in me. Um, and you, I mean, you've asked it so many times, you probably see, my guess is, you know, when somebody is telling you what they think they're supposed to say versus when they're saying something that, you know, really strikes deep for them, that really is their place of heaven on earth. Actually, it's the latter, uh, the, because the magic wand removes the necessity to think. Mm-hmm. And they get out of their heads and they go right to it. And and all not 99.9% of the time, people know it precisely what heaven on earth is for them. That's what it continues to astound me. Mm -hmm. When when I first I was looking at at the what your website, which is Project Heaven on Earth, um, 
dot com. So we'll just put that because we'll have that also later on. But Project Heaven on Earth on Earth dot com. Um, so I was I was kind of watching through there, and one of the things that I noticed was, you know, I, I was sitting there going, okay, what would I say? And I was coming up with, oh, you know, somehow end homelessness or end you know, starvation or and all these big things that are um, beyond what I could really put my finger on is my moment. And uh, for other people, it may be exactly what they can put their finger on. But um, when I listen to some of the people uh, and some, and these are um, the people you have on there, a lot of them are pretty significant teachers in uh, personal development. And, and what they said was pretty simple stuff. You know, yeah. pretty, pretty down to earth. <laughs> to, you know, heaven on earth is down to earth. Um, <laughs> pretty direct stuff. And, and so that suddenly freed me, you know, I went, yeah. Oh, okay. Now. And, and that's when I snapped to that moment um, that, that I, I talked about. So I think it's important uh, as people think about, because when you, as you said early on talking about heaven, that's a big thing, but when you bring it down, you, I think you're right. People do know it. It's just admitting to it. Well, a, a little more. Um, it's that we've never been given permission mm-hmm. to talk about it. It's always seemed ethereal. Heaven has always been a place after death. It's never seen as here, the possibility of ex- existing here. And we've never really uh, engaged in unlocking, or to use your beautiful verb, activating what's what's been dormant in a sense mm-hmm. but is is i thought it would be you know deeply in a sense below the surface but it's not and and these the the current times uh give more impetus to it for it to come out because we're so sick of what's going on here that we're not happy with and so well do you want to talk about heaven earth you know what i do and that's it we're in I was kind of curious on how it's been the past, say, year, uh, especially in the so in the past year we had the pandemic, and then at least in the U.S., uh, incredible political unrest. And I just wondered if people had an easier time or a harder time talking about heaven on earth. Easier, much easier. Interesting. And, and let, let me give you an, uh, uh, a concrete, quantitative example. If you go to Google and put in the phrase "heaven on earth" in quotes and the quotes meaning that it has to be just that phrase, it can't be broken up, heaven on earth in quotes. 2018, then you do the same 2019, 2020, and then 2021. So 18 to 19 was about, as I recall, Google's numbers fluctuate, but say 4.25 in 18, 4.85, I think in 19. Million. Million. Yeah. And then a jump to about 7 point something million in 2020, a 78% jump from 19 to 20. And last time I checked, it was about three or four weeks ago. We were already at 25% of 2020 into this early into 2021. So clearly it's, it's well, it's exploding. Mm. And, I, and I think we know why. And it's also time in terms of just the evolution of humanity. You know, we've, we're entering, and I, I think COVID and environmental and nuclear is, is this is weird language, but is a blessing in the sense of it's opening up a new possibility in the sense of our saying, we do not want this. Okay. What do you want? My brother and I have had some conversation about this. um, And we talk about how COVID has been an accelerator and a revealer. Um, Very good. You know, what's here has been here all along. We're just revealing it now, but it's accelerated so many things, thought processes, 
development, good and bad, um, and technology. I mean, you know, we've, we've made some leaps forward in areas that would have taken decades, I think, without that. So um, I can see where it would, it would kind of lead to some pretty big transformations. Uh, my guess is you're hoping that if enough people get on thinking about and acting on their heaven on earth, that we actually do activate more of that. Um, two ways. One is, yes, we will activate more of it. And I think it, it is just coming in on its own as well. It's, it's a meme, a thought form whose time has come um, and, and we're ready for it. So it's a dance between those two elements of us personally, willfully doing it with intention and it coming in. We, we've entered a new era, Lee. And uh, for me, this is what it is. It's heaven on earth. Which I, I find interesting that, um, and I wonder what you what you thought about this. That you have to be intentional about asking that. You know that that people don't naturally. You know we're not pondering. Oh, what's heaven on earth for me? Uh, we're pondering other things. What do you think that is about humans that we need to be intentional about making a shift to thinking about that? Well, that's a very profound question. I have thought a lot about intention. Uh, intention in the sense of clarity of what we want. So let's say what it, the clarity of what we want now is that we're co-creating and co-experiencing heaven on earth. That's the goal. That's the vision. And then the intention is putting our will, putting our spirit uh, behind it. Because some of the things that I'm doing in heaven on earth are really clear. I know I'm going to do this next, this thing. And some of the things just show up by happenstance like this interview. You know, I, didn't plan for that. We have a mutual friend who introduced us and boom, here we are. So you do not know. Uh, and, and I don't think it's your job to know how it's going to go. It unfolds. I, I think of it, you know, metaphorically, like this little rivulet of, of rainwater going down the hillside and it just finds its natural course of least resistance and just continues moving. Uh, or I, I love watching when it's raining and you see a little drop and it just picks up momentum as it goes down the side of the glass. So I just, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, okay, you're living your game because debate is about control and dialogue is without control. I mean, if you're truly in dialogue, you don't know what the other person is going to say. You don't know where that dialogue is going to go. Um, Correct. You're having to, um, to roll with it. To be present in the moment and to see, you know, can this forward heaven on earth? Clearly, yes, this di this uh, podcast can. Uh, and if there's something that doesn't, okay, you know, I'll then I'll move away from it. So I get I get more focused gently, in terms of opening this up more. So I'm wondering if you have some uh, practices for yourself on how to be open to that and not to be trying to step into control. Are there some things that you do for yourself to to get there? Because you've, I mean, if you're facing let's say a corporate entity, <laughs> um, you've got to somehow be able to roll with it and yet have some direction. And I'm just wondering if you, there are practices you use to do, to do that. Well, you said something interesting just a minute or so ago. I love being in control and I love being out of control. Hmm. Um, so when, for example, when I led a dialogue or, or any kind of consulting group, group practice, you know, I have this intention, we're going to move in this direction. And what shows up is all kinds of different things that I could never uh, have imagined. And uh, how can I explain? It's you're going with the flow, you're, you're enjoying the moment, you're seeing where 
reality wants to go, where reality wants to take you. And so that yin yang, that would be a really, you know, masculine feminine, moving masculine and receiving feminine. That's a good way to say it. Hmm. So there's the control, not control part of yin yang that, um, you know, happens simultaneously for you. Yeah. 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 That's a very good way of saying it. And, and the other thing I think it would, is that I look for leverage points, hmm. always scanning for leverage points. So for example, podcast interviews, uh, meeting with influential people, sending my book to influential people, uh, looking for uh, people, groups, opportunities that can expand this organically and naturally. Yeah. So as I'm thinking about this, you have a framework. I mean, there's some control, even in this process, there's a control. You've got three questions. How somebody's going to answer those questions, you have no, you had no idea what I was going to say. We had no conversation before that about what I was going to say. Correct. And, and so your piece was to build a scaffolding uh, over whatever comes through that conversation to help somebody move towards uh, actualizing their heaven on earth. Correct. Correct. I, I know that the three questions will elicit it for you where it goes after that. That's the dance. That's what makes it different. You know, my wife said, you've asked these questions millions of times and you've never seemed to get bored with it. And no, because I don't know what's going to show up. You're interested in the answers, not the questions. Yeah, I'm inter very interested <laughs> in the answers. Yeah. Very. Because I always learn something. Like for you, for, for example, you know, activate. I'd never heard that word before with respect to this. And uh, what, what did you say? Revealing and accelerating. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, as, uh, ter terms of the of COVID, it's been a reveal and an accelerator for culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this has been great, Martin. If people are struck by this and want to learn more, I've already given it. But go ahead and give your website and any other way that they can. Uh, well, the you. book is Project Heaven on Earth. Whoops, there it is. Mm -hmm. the Project Heaven. Yeah. Yep. The three questions that will help you change the world easily. That's available on Amazon globally. Also, you can sign up for my free. Uh, Seven Day Heaven on Earth course, which will also get you a free weekly blog at projectheavenonearth.com. So projectheavenonearth.com. And I'd love to hear from people. Um, I'd love to hear questions. I'd love to hear results. Yeah. You know, what's, the, what's the project that came out, of, uh, came out of this interview for you? You're actually living out your process of dialogue. I mean, I noticed on your website, you know, you had a list of values and you said, if you've got some other ones, you know, add it to the list. It, that's, it's, uh, you're so hearing would be uh, your piece of the puzzle for sure. <laughs> yeah. Deep listening. Deep listening. Well, because I, I, what, what I can, what I'm doing when I'm deep listening is I'm hearing how you're structuring reality. And that's, that's intriguing to me. Hmm. Martin, this has been great. I've certainly enjoyed it. Martin Root has been with us. Uh, projectheavenonearth.com. We'll have a link in the show notes. Martin, thanks so much. Thanks, Lee. Take care. Thank you. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh -huh.